Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, everybody? March 22nd edition of the Fightful MMA Podcast. Yours truly, Joe Ferraro. You can follow me online at Showdown Joe. Uh, follow us at Fightful MMA. And for all your mixed martial arts news, FightfulMMA.com. Joined every Wednesday in the evening by the one and only UC welterweight veteran, Sean Pearson. Sean, you're not wearing a blazer this week. Everything okay? No hockey tonight, boys. Just uh, just laying low and you know getting ready to go to bed. What does Sean Pearson do to lay low? Hello, today was stick and puck with the kids. Nice little dinner, watch some cartoons, and then I've got to go to the gym after this. But, you know, it's laying low. You're going to go to the gym after this? We're not going to get done until probably almost 10 o'clock. Yep, got to do something. Nice. Got to try, try to be an athlete. Remember, Joe, I'm trying to be an athlete again. <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. If you missed over the past few weeks, uh, Pearson is determined to become a professional athlete, or at least an athlete once again. Uh, never goes away. Professional fighter, uh, solid hockey player, uh, but it's got to do what you got to do. Lots of stuff to talk about, Sean. Uh, we'll talk about some uh, Nate Diaz, some Conor McGregor. Uh, obviously, a little bit of a recap from uh, what happened at UFC in London. Uh, Bellator has a pay-per-view coming out. If people don't know, we'll talk about that momentarily. Some two good fights added, potentially a third one. They have a new signing as well, or two new signings uh Derek Lewis has a fight so does BJ Penn uh, and we'll touch briefly on UFC 210 because we've got two weeks or three weeks before the next UFC card uh do you like these breaks Sean when there's no cards for for the UFC in about two or three weeks time well I don't know it's like the the show today we're going to talk about a bunch of crap like I I look at this and I'm it's almost like I I said that Belfort's legends wouldn't happen but Bellator is already running it and the UFC is even doing it a little bit like I, I don't know. Maybe maybe his idea is good, but you know what I mean. I mean, fuck. Some of these fights, it, it's just sad because they're not creating new stars. I think that's the biggest problem right now, and I don't know if it's new ownership or if it's or what it is. But they're they're lacking. They've got to start developing this young talent into big stars. They can't just rely on these older guys. Like PJ Penn is a legend, but you can't rely on his name to to draw. And again, he's actually got a favorable fight. I, I like the fight with. Sivir only because I don't think BJ is going to get the shit kicked out of him. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just I feel like we're lacking this buildup of young stars. And the fights this past weekend, there there was a couple guys there that I'm excited to watch again. So for those who don't know, BJ Penn will be taking on Dennis Seaver uh, on June 25th at UFC Fight Night uh, 112 in Oklahoma. Also on that card is Tim Boach taking on Johnny Hendricks. Now, Sean, when you mentioned that the UFC needs to build new stars, uh, what do you do with guys like BJ Penn who do still have fights left on his contract? I don't know. I've said this a million times. Why does he still fight? Like why? And I'm not talking about BJ Penn. I just mean in general – just because you've got fights left on your contract doesn't mean you have to fight into your 40s. I don't know. Like, what do they do in the NHL? What do they do in these other leagues? When you're, you might have contract, I, I wonder what I think they should do. I think they should pay him out on the rest of his fights and then retire. But I know it doesn't work like that because then they'll go somewhere else and someone else will pay them to fight. So you, it doesn't work like that, but that's what I wish they did. Same thing, you know, as far as contracts are concerned, that's how they should always, you should have to pay out your contracts. 
if you sign somebody for four fights and want to cut them after one or two, you should have to pay out the other two contracts. Um, but yeah, I don't know what the right answer here is. I just feel like we're, we're putting people in a bad situation where again, 20 years from now, there's going to be some lawsuits and I don't want to see it. I hear what you're saying. Um, although that uh, BJ Penn versus Dennis Sear for me is a fair fight, uh, but I know 100%. what you're saying. 100%. I'm, I'm not saying that's not a good fight. I'm just saying in general what's happening with some of these older fighters. Like, look at BJ's last fight. Yeah, that should never have happened with Yair Rodriguez. No. That was terrible. And again, BJ Penn is a legend. He's one of my favorite fighters of all time. But I just think a lot of these guys, and again, it might not be BJ, but a lot of these guys are just hanging on too long. And I don't know what the point is. Like, I, I feel like, um, you know, it's not millions and millions of dollars. So I feel like a lot of these fighters have mismanaged their money or, you know, I, I understand the love of the sport, but someone's got to step up and say, hey, listen, I'm your buddy. I'm your friend. I'm your wife. I'm your whatever. And say, you're more than just a fighter. We need to move on. I think you bring up a very valid point in the fact that in the contracts, it'd be nice if there was a clause, uh, and I haven't seen a UFC contract in a very long time, so there's been some changes, obviously, but a clause or a buyout, can a manager or a fighter say, you know, a UFC would probably say no, but listen, if you're going to sign me for four fights and you want to cut me, you got to buy me out, you got to pay me out. Uh, I'm, 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 I don't know if anyone's ever asked that or anyone's ever tried that. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they did, but I'm pretty confident the UFC would be like, no, not going to happen. Well, that's why I don't understand that. You know, again, I'm not a lawyer, so you know, I'm talking out of my ass right now. But I don't understand the fact that it's a contract. It's a, it's such a one-sided contract. You can cut me for any reason you want, but yet I can't go like go to terms with any other promotion. So, really, what is it? What is it good for for me? It doesn't guarantee me any fights. It doesn't do anything for me. It just locks me into the UFC. So I don't understand. I thought a contract was, you know, an agreement between two parties to benefit both sides, and, and they don't. But again. I don't know how it works in other sports and I'm not a lawyer, but I just feel like it's so one-sided that it's, it's irrelevant. It's the UFC does what they want here. So I'm trying to think devil's advocate here, but in a situation like that, if you're presented with a contract like that and you don't like it, you do have the option not to sign it. But then if 100%. you don't sign it, you're not going to be in the UFC. It sucks. hundred percent. I'm not saying again, I've said it. The re, one of the reasons why I don't bitch about things is, listen, I'm a grown man. I signed the contract. I know what I was getting paid to fight. I chose to take the fight. Did I want more money? Obviously. But did I know how to get more money at that time? No, I didn't. So I, I don't complain about what I got paid. I think I got paid well, you know, just not as well as I wanted to get paid. Um, I don't complain about that. That's something that's, you know, one, the fighters have to get more educated. And it's tough because managers, and again, things might have changed in the last four years I've been out or whatever, but they're taking a, a good chunk of money and really not adding, or they weren't adding much value back then because the contracts were pretty much set in stone. Here's your, here's your renewal contract. You're going to get an additional two until you make it, um, you know, to the top, let's say 15 or 10. There wasn't a lot of negotiating the managers were doing. The only benefit I saw of a manager is perhaps sponsorship or being the guy to say, I don't want my fighter fighting this guy. Because when Joe Silva calls you directly, as a fighter, it's tough to turn down anybody. You know what I mean? As a manager, I can do a lot of smart moves. But as a fighter, you just say yes. You know, will you fight this guy? Of course you will. I don't think anyone in the UFC is scared to fight anybody. It's just whether it's a smart decision or not. You laugh when fans say that this guy's scared to fight that guy? For sure. Like, what's the worst that can happen in these fights? Like, every fighter has gone through the worst. You know what I mean? Scared is, is just an irrelevant term. Like, I don't think anyone is scared of, of fighting or they wouldn't be in the sport. Now are they scared to ruin their career chances that that could be but not scared to fight? I don't think anyone's scared to fight scared to put a loss on their record because you know, it, it affects their overall income for sure, but not as far as, you know, what's going to happen in this outcome of this. It's again, it's a sporting competition. I'm assuming everybody in this sport is lost in something or another, right? That's why we're all here. That's how you get better. You lose then you improve upon it and you, you start to win. So going back to BJ Penn for a moment, this fight with Seaver, which I definitely believe is a much fairer fight. Um, you mentioned he's not going to get the uh, the SHIT beat out of him. Um, but Seaver does pose a few problems. Uh, I think BJ can solve them. Uh, but he is a bit of a dangerous situation. Uh, how do you see that fight potentially panning out? 
this is this is a tough call for me too because the BJ of old is who I'd want to see, but that's not the BJ we've seen in the last eight fights. BJ is going to stand up with Seaver. Um, I think he's even going to win the stand up, depending on how how his reflexes are, because Seaver's not a, a fast puncher. Seaver's a little bit or, or not, awkward's not the word I'm looking for, unorthodox, um, because he's got a bit of a karate background, I believe. At least that's how his striking looks. Um, but I see BJ outboxing him if it ever hit the ground. We know BJ's got a huge advantage there. Seaver in my head is a little bit bigger, but again, I might be off because of the height. I'm not sure. I, I think BJ's got this fight. He'd be my betting favorite, but you know, who knows? What about uh, Tim Boach and Johnny Hendricks? There's a middleweight scrap. Yeah, it's a weird one for me too. Um, I think Hendricks should take it, but again, it's another guy where I'm not sure which Hendricks is going to show up. Um, but if he sticks to a similar game plan he did last time, I think he takes it. I'd like to know the again the, the size uh, of the two guys because in my head again, Boch is a, a bigger guy. But sorry, I'm petting my cat here, so I keep leaning over. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like I would lean on lean Hendricks to get that win, but I think that's a it is a dangerous matchup because uh, he's, a, he's a big opponent. He hits hard. He's got good overall skills, so it's a dangerous fight. But I, I give Hendricks the the nod on that one too. Do you feel like this fight here is the pressure's on both guys because neither one of these guys can really lose? You know, Boach can't lose in this division because he's on the way out. Hendricks is now making the step up after, after taking out Hector Lombard. Uh, he's now moving up in the division. Uh, but you know, former champion at welterweight had a bad run towards the end of that 170 pound portion, and now he's he's fighting at middleweight 185 pounds and it's almost like this guy can't lose because the minute he loses people are going to be like oh that's it he's done neither guy's on their way up right now like i, I one win even though it's hector lombard i don't i think both of them are stuck right now in a rut and this both of them need to win here that's you're 100 correct on that um but i don't think a win here puts hendrix in well again i don't know how they do the rankings but he doesn't put me in the top 10 or you know although middleweight after the top three or four seems awful light. Um, yeah, it's a must win for both guys. You're right. I don't have anything else. To say. It's a must win. Um, the, the card I like better is the one that's going to be happening in Dallas. Uh, we touched on it last week. That's a, that's a ridiculous fight card uh, with Frankie Edgar and the two title fights and Edgar taking on Yair Rodriguez. Um, I, I want to touch on Nate. Uh, for those who don't know, um, we'll talk we'll, Conor McGregor we'll talk about in two seconds, but uh, both Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor uh, in the news again over the past uh, couple of days. Conor basically uh, had his fine reduced to 25000 with that water bottle throwing incident with uh, Nate Diaz. Uh, Nate Diaz's fine hasn't been reduced either yet, but uh, apparently the Nevada State Athletic Commission is reaching out to his people to discuss it. Uh, but apparently that fine is going to be reduced. Uh, McGregor's got to do 25 hours of community service. Who knows what that's going to be? Would have probably speaking to youth or, or something of that nature. It remains to be seen. <laughs> they got to do community that's service. That's the best thing ever for this guy. Like, come on. Connor gets to go talk to people. What's he better at? He's the best talker in the world. So I think this is great for him. This 25 grand. He spends more in a strip club on one lap dance than 25 grand. So what, this is a joke. Like, what, what are you finding the guy for? Just take the guy, make the guy take you to scores or whatever the big strip club is in the U.S. and we're even. How, how much of this do you think with Conor McGregor with the Nevada State Athletic Commission? And they've already said no, not the truth. But how, many of the, how, many, how much do you think of this is there's a Floyd Mayweather fight coming soon, potentially, in Las Vegas, in Nevada? And all of a sudden, McGregor's suspension and fine gets reduced and changed. I, I'm still not a believer of the boxing match, so I don't know. Like, this is tough for me. Like, one, if the boxing match does happen, Connor, I think he's getting killed. Um, two, I still don't know how Dana White and everybody in the UFC is getting paid yet. So until someone sh- shows me the income chart there and how they're going to make money, because what's going to happen here is Connor's going to get such a ridiculous payday for this fight. What are the odds of you getting him back in the UFC to fight? Good point. So Dana White's about to say, yeah, Connor, you go. You guys are going to pay me $50 million or whatever the UFC needs to make off this. I don't know. But now you've lost all potential revenue gates from the UFC because I don't see Connor McGregor coming back to fight for UFC money once he gets Floyd Mayweather money. So I don't know. I see a lot of problems here. Interesting. I never looked at it that way. That's a very good point. 
Joe, you say that every week. Every time I talk, you know, you realize that. That's interesting, Sean. You're a very smart individual. <laughs> sure. I got you. I hear you. Uh, Nate Diaz rips into Dana White with a tweet. Um, I don't know, did you see the tweet? I saw the tweet. I don't remember exactly what it said, but basically you offered me one fight or something. Yeah, expletive. Yeah. Laughing at this F-U-C-K-E-R guy, like just ripping into him. Um we all know the Diaz brothers operate in a different frequency. Um, I don't know if that, that fight was Eddie Alvarez that was offered to him, um, but Nate Diaz likely probably holding out for Conor McGregor and, or I like that Tony Ferguson fight. I, I'd love to see Nate Diaz take on Tony Ferguson. You like it or you don't like it? Well, not if I'm Nate Diaz because Tony Ferguson would beat the crap out of him. And then on top of that, and again, there's no, no one beats the crap out of Nate Diaz, but Ferguson's going to beat him. Like I don't think that's the question there. And then once he loses to Ferguson, do you think that potential rubber match is ever going to happen with Conor McGregor? I don't. I think as soon as Diaz loses a little bit more steam, and again, you've got to remember, Diaz wasn't tearing up the division before the Conor fight. So what happens when he loses another fight or two? Do you think McGregor's like, oh, yeah, let's have this fight now? Because, again, it's a one-sided the payday's all because of McGregor. So I think Diaz is trying to wait that out, and that's smart. We got paid huge money for that first fight, obviously, with the, uh, uh, was it, guaranteed a million or two or some of that, and then plus pay-per-view, you probably walked away with about 4 to $5 million. So if you're smart, invested what was the it. Second fight? What was the second fight then? Because that would be bigger I, than the first one. I think that was the big one. I think that was the fight that oh. made the most money, the second one. Um so you think that's it, eh? You think Diaz is going to hold out strictly for McGregor? I mean, that, that's been the talk for the longest time. I'd like to see him fight again. I'd rather see him not hold out. Even his brother, Nick, who, I, who apparently isn't going to be coming back unless he gets some sort of title fight. Uh, <laughs> he hasn't competed uh, in forever, but he's holding out for a potential title fight. Well, Frank, we got other guys fighting for titles and don't deserve them. So, you know, like, what's the difference? Yeah. Well, it's funny because Nate D- or Nick Diaz talks about selling wolf tickets, wolf tickets this, wolf tickets that. But, you know, if, if he was to get a title shot, you know damn right I'm going to watch because uh, anything Nick Diaz does or Nate Diaz does, I absolutely love. It's great headlines. Uh, but it's a money fight. And some money fights are, you know, basically wolf tickets. You're selling wolf tickets. So there's a bit of a dichotomy and sort of a, you know, a, a weird scenario about this. I mean, if you if you heard tomorrow that, that Tyron Woodley is fighting Nick Diaz, uh, in a title fight to be headlined wherever, what would you think? I'll definitely watch it. I'm a, a Nick Diaz and Nate Diaz fan as well. I think both of them know how to market themselves, again, in, in their niche way, but they, they do a good job of it. Um, I, I like their authenticity as well. Like I know that they're the guys that, you know, they'll talk shit, but they're the same guys that, you know, if you're at weigh-ins and your crew's messing with their crew, you know, they'll go off. So, I think that whole mystique is a—it's uh, them. It's—it's it's authentic. Um, so I, I'm always interested in watching them fight. But again, I don't care if Nate Diaz or Nick Diaz are fighting for a title or not. It, whether he's fighting Tony Ferguson or, you know, I'd rather see Nick versus GSP. You know what I mean? I don't think he deserves that fight either. Don't get me wrong. But um, whatever fight's going to make these guys money, like you know, it's any fight with Nick Diaz is a big money fight right now. It's not a Conor McGregor. It's not a red panty fight, but. You know, maybe it's a a black panty fight, or maybe it's just a, a nice bathing suit with a thong in the back fight. I don't know, but <laughs> it's, a, it's a fight. Uh, what are your thoughts then on on it, it was you mentioned the the Belfort thing, right? The, the the Legends League and you know Bellator. You were the one that mentioned it last week that it's basically Bellator. Now Bellator's made some had some really good ratings on television, bringing back these legends uh, to fight the Ken Shamrocks and the Hoist Gracies and when Kimbo Slice was around. These are the fights that would garner massive ratings on Spike TV. But now they're going to the pay per view market. They're going with you know they had they had Chael Sonnen versus Tito Ortiz, but now they're going pay per view headlined by Chael Sonnen and Vanderlei Silva co-headline by Fader Emelianenko and Matt Mitrione with a potential option of Phil Davis, the light heavyweight champion in Bellator, defending his title against newest signee Ryan Bader. There's a lot of questions, in my opinion, around this Bellator pay-per-view. Um, first of all, people are wondering, yeah, we'll watch you on TV, but I don't know if I want to pay money to watch Bellator fighters. And the mystique is Chael Sonnen, Vanderlei Silva, a lot of heat there, uh, waiting a long time for that. Obviously, it's Fedor. Uh, but it is a pay-per-view, so you got to spend money to watch these fights. I don't know. They, the only thing that interests me at Bellator right now is the welterweight division. Um, 
Roy McDonald, Larkin just signed. Um, sorry, uh, Symantec. Like, there's some good fights there. But me watching or paying for the legend division isn't isn't going to happen. And the other problem with this is, and I know Bellator, I know they've got a plan. Scott Coker is a smart guy, obviously, but you're you're having guys that aren't supposed to. I don't know this whole legend thing. If you're not building young talent, if you're not building your roster, what's next? How how much longer can they hold on to these older guys fighting? Like Bader's not a a big name to me. Like I don't get me wrong, he's a a guy that I like to watch fight, but he's not selling tickets. He's not moving the needle. Um, Phil Davis isn't moving the needle. Um, Fedor is going to move the needle for a little bit, but how many fights can he do? And if he goes out and loses his next one, his, that needle's stopped. I don't know. I, I just think it's a bad business plan. Um, it's working right now, but for the long run, I don't know how it's going to work. The thing with Bellator uh, and what you mentioned there is there's always going to be legends or older guys that are going to leave the UFC and need somewhere to go. And it seems like Bellator will be more than happy to scoop them up. But here's the problem. They're, are they legends anymore? Because that's that's my concern here. I don't feel like young talent is being developed into the, the superstars that they need. Um, because some of the guys that are leaving right now, again, Larkin is a potential. Like, he's an exciting guy. I don't know how old Larkin is. I don't think he's older, but he's probably in his low 30s. Am I right there? Or? Yep. Very talented individual. And I think his run at welterweight is it's, he's dangerous. Rory McDonald's a young stud. Um, I don't know how old Paul Daly is, but he's a stud. But I think he, he might be mid-30s, mid to low-30s. I don't know. Um, but the, some of the guys leaving the UFC right now, I don't consider them legends. I consider them good fighters. Like, Bader's a, a good or a great fighter. But, again, I don't know. So, once you get past it, like, think about it. We started watching the UFC. It was Ken Shamrock and a lot of these guys. They shouldn't be fighting anymore. And even when Bellator was putting up, like, Kimbo again, like that that fight there, and who's that Dada, whatever you know what I mean. Like people that watch those fights were watching it for the spectacle. So again, if you're going to do that, we could just go back to you know two drunks fighting in the ring, and I'm sure we'll get some fans watching that too, especially if they're women in bikinis. You know, we'll go to WWE styles. What do they call their ring or their their women's division? The WWF divas. Listen, those. 14 to 18 year old boys that draws ratings. I remember back in the day, I remember I, I like the ravishing Rick rude, you know, pulling in with miss Elizabeth and Sable coming into the scene. Um, gorgeous George. There are some, some hotties that, you know, when I was 14, 15, yeah, this was awesome. You know what I mean? There was a guy who came out, he was a pimp. He came out with hooker strippers. <laughs> like we could do the same thing at Bellator. I'm sure it's going to still pull ratings. We'll actually even, pull higher ratings will pull over from the WWE syndrome. Like I'm looking at the number of views that those podcasts hit. There's obviously a fan base. So you're thinking the, uh, this pay-per-view for Bellator is going to flop big time. The first one, it, it's going to flop. It's not going to, it's not going to do huge numbers. Like I, I don't know what's considered a flop. I guess that's my, so I think some people are going to watch it. It's the first one. There's some big names in it, but I don't see them. Actually, I think it's their second one. If I'm not mistaken, is it? Well, it shows to tell you how much how memorable their first one was. I think I would rather see them build these things off of the Rory McDonalds and the 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 Larkins and the Samtex, like real fights, real fights that mean something, um, and put some money behind these guys, like put some marketing behind them. That's what I'm lacking right now. I see what you're doing is you're you've taken guys that have already had marketing behind them. They already have big names and personas and images, and they're just going on that rather than. Let's build up our own superstars because the truth of the matter is I think Dana White or Scott, anybody can build the superstar. If you put money behind somebody and again, you can't make them win, but you can put them in favorable lights and make them look great. Like Belter has that one guy at uh, 170. Um, he's a highlight reel. Again, I don't know if, if he's ready for like a, a Larkin or a like Michael Lord. Venom page. That's it. Venom. Um, he's a highlight reel. You know what I mean? Put some more marketing behind that guy. He's got some YouTube videos out there, and I know they've got some marketing behind him. I'm not saying they don't, but that's a, a potential superstar for them. Like you got to keep giving this guy guys that are good matchups, and then maybe in three or four more fights, you've got yourself a you know guy going after Rory or these other guys. Now you've got a real battle. Makes sense. Uh, but in terms of Chael Sonnen uh, and Vanderlei Silva, it's a fight that you know we've all sort of wanted to see. It's lost see a bit it. of luster. Like, yeah, like 10 years ago. Like, I don't care to see Chael in the ring again. I don't – Vanderlei Silva's another guy. Like, 
after those terrible videos that guy made, I don't even want to hear that guy talk. So I'd rather see him fight than talk. So just don't let him win, Chael, because I don't want to see this guy talk in the microphone. Like, it was terrible. Remember those videos that go dark and then the lights would flash? The UFC, you've done this to me, rah, 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 rah. And I'm like, fuck. Those were terrible. Like, that just killed this whole image for me. He's crying about being cut from the UFC or being held. And I'm like, fuck off. Bad for his image. The axe murderers, you know, now doing promo cuts to try and get out of his contract. It was terrible. I asked Elias this yesterday, though, if there's any concern. I mean, but you, you're putting Vanderlei Silva uh, on a card to headline the card. Uh, let's not care ourselves. The guy's a natural-born fighter, uh, but he was supposed to fight in Japan, never ended up fighting, supposed to fight uh, Krokop, uh, didn't end up competing. Uh, every time he seems that we think Vanderlei is going to fight, it doesn't seem to happen. Uh, and now you've got him headlining a pay-per-view event. That's That's got me a little worried. Uh, I'm not saying Vanley's not going to show up. He's not going to fight. He'd love to fight Chael Sonnen, but that was supposed to happen a while ago. He got injured. He continues to get injured. Uh, and Chael Sonnen, he'll sell this thing. Um, but I, I'm, I feel like I'm a little concerned for this pay-per-view. I'm really concerned. Chael's not going to sell anything anymore. He's not as relevant right now. Again, he's a great talker, but he's still got to get TV time to talk. He'll get it. I think he'll get it on ESPN. I think he'll get it down there in Spike. I think he'll get some in the States. I believe he'll get it. Some way, somehow, Chael finds a way to get out there. So he's got to sell this fight. And at the same time, it was easier to sell before because there was relevancy, especially after that fight with Anderson Silva that he should have won. So at that point, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply point he could talk his way into any fight because we all we all watched him say oh you should have won that fight you almost beat the, the unbeatable you mean the goat um now both guys are off steroids like i don't know are they going to make it to their fight Vanderlei and the rest of the brazilian team went from you know everybody being 24 to the real age of 56 so that's it i don't know is he going to make it or not like i just feel like i, I don't care enough I guess that's the problem. And again, this is me not saying I don't care about fights. I just don't care about these older guys. I, I, I just feel rude saying that because they're all legends in our sport, but there's no relevancy in this fight for me. You know, you feel the same way about the Fedor Michion fight? Yep. You like you're like, done. You're done with Fedor. I, I, I've been done with Fedor for a long time, but yeah. if he's going to fight, I'm going to watch, but I'd rather he doesn't fight. I'm going to watch it on the internet. Like, I mean, if, if someone tells me it's a great, it's, you know, the, the greatest fight of all time. But getting me to buy that pay-per-view and watch it live is, is going to be a tough call. Once again, it's Saturday night, and I might be having red panty night. So I don't know how, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to get me to go buy a bell to our pay-per-view. And, you know, I don't know. I don't see it. Do you think Bader versus Davis, the rematch, will be added to this card as well? I think it should, because if you want to promote your champion, there's an opportunity you can do it right there. I think they could, but now you're... You've got him as the, what, the third fight of the night or the, the third last fight of the night. That's your champion. Yeah. So at one side of it, if you're the champion, you're a little disrespected there, especially for having four guys that are twice your age fighting on the card. Again, I, again, I, I, I get it because you want views, but at the same time, unless he's getting a pay-per-view cut or a, a nice big fat paycheck out of that, I don't, I'd rather be the main event on another card. Quick score update, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, for those that have been watching this podcast uh, since day one with Sean Pearson and I, uh, we are huge Toronto Maple Leaf fans. And Nazem Kadri just potted the fourth goal for the Maple Leafs in Columbus. Maple Leafs lead 4-2. A potential matchup in the playoffs, Sean. I'm a little nervous with that one, but uh, they're doing pretty good in Columbus doing that. Um, oh, boy. I don't want to start talking Leafs because then uh, this podcast will go from MMA uh, to Maple Leafs. 
Um, Derek Lewis has a fight, and it's Mark Hunt, and they're going to be uh, headlining U- UFC Fight Night. Was it one? Yeah, one ten, June eleventh, uh, in New Zealand. So Derek Lewis is going to have to travel all the way halfway around the world uh, to basically. You know, Mark uh, Mark Hunt's backyard. Uh, I like this fight. I don't think Hunt's really going to care. But then again, Hunt's competing at pretty much at home. He may like this fight. Derek Lewis is a bad, bad man. Despite what he said after the fight um, with Travis Brown and Ronda Rousey, uh, you know, I, I wasn't impressed with that. A lot of people were not impressed with that. He's got a big fight coming up. Yeah, I'd love to see Mark Hunt with a walk-off here. I mean, just uh, his typical walk-off. I'm not a Derek Lewis fan. I, I can't. I mean, I know he's a dangerous fighter, but you know, I'm again just we're not we're not setting MMA in the right light. So I'd love to see Mark Hunt, and Mark Hunt is setting MMA in the right light. I like a lot of the things that Mark Hunt's been doing. Um, so yeah, a walk off for Mark Hunt, but he's got to he's got to go off into the sunlight, <laughs> sunset soon as well. Though, I, like again, he's one of those guys who's been through it. Um, he's been hit a lot. He hits a lot. And again, he seems like he's with it, and I just hate to see anything go wrong for him because he seems like a really genuine, great guy. You think if he wins, he retires? I don't know what these guys. You know, I mean, I, I just don't know because that—that's a lifelong fighter. Because his UFC career hasn't been that long, but before that, like he's been fighting for his whole life. So K1 Pride, he had epic battles over there, man. Yeah. So again, I'd love to see him walk off into the sunset, but I don't know if it's going to happen. Interesting. Um, did you get a chance to watch any of the London event that happened over the past weekend? Yep. yep. Uh, Jimmy Manoa, as you and I discussed last week, and pretty much everyone uh, on the Fightful MMA podcast discussed, Jimmy Manoa, if he decides to hurt somebody, if he decides he wants to fight, if he takes it seriously and isn't afraid, he's going to hurt someone, and he hurt Corey Anderson. Um, before I get your thoughts on the fight, I want to get your thoughts, and, and, and Elias and I talked about this yesterday, and we're just shaking our heads. Um does it drive you nuts when when commentators say one punch knockout when it was like the nineteenth punch of the fight? I, I usually mute everybody anyway, so no, that's the truth. I, unless I'm in a bar and usually I can't hear it that well, anyways. I like to watch the fights without hearing everybody's input, just because it, it strays my opinion of the fight. Um, but it's always like that. You're, you're right. Like you know, seven punches set it up, but the one punch always finished. Well, yeah, someone's always finished on one punch. I mean, because you have to stop at one point. So it's just annoying. But um, that was that was a fight. That was well, it wasn't a fight. It was a manhandling. But he looked really good. Jimmy Manuel looked really good. I like his. Uh, do you think he's using reverse psychology on John Jones, basically saying, "I don't want to fight this clown. I don't like this guy," uh, and basically talking trash about him? Do you think that's reverse psychology to say, "Yeah, you know what? We're going to fight." I think the. If, I don't know if it's reverse psychology, but it's going to get John Jones' attention. I think, and I think that's what he needs. He needs he needs John Jones to want to fight him because again he's he's almost there but he's not there yet so if he can get John Jones to want to fight him well there's a money fight so he's he's putting people's putting people's names out there is a good thing right especially names that you can build yourself off of you don't want to be calling out people that are below you or that people don't know that are tough call out big names even if he doesn't fight John Jones he's talking about John Jones. That's what I used to think about Connor. He's calling out Mayweather. He, he's going to get shellacked in a boxing match by the guy, but he's calling him out. And what's the joke going to be if this fight never happens? I think the joke's on us because Connor's making money off of doing like pay per view talks. Yeah, talking man. About a that's fight that'll crazy. never happen. I mean, like, let's say this fight never happens. He's just talking, and people are just paying money to listen to him talk. That's a whole new sport. I don't know what it is, but that's just shit talking 101. <laughs> he's already the king. So, I don't know. I, I think yeah, people are people are doing the right things now. It's just not enough people are doing it. But man, I, I've I've done so many guest appearances on various podcasts and talked way back when and talked about how this fight's never going to happen. The UFC will never ever make it happen. Uh, and then um, managing editor for Fightful.com. Sean Ross Sapp basically said, hey, go read this, take a look at this, and let me know your thoughts. And it was an article that I read when it was first announced that Conor McGregor did get his boxing license uh, in the state of California, which technically puts him under the Muhammad Ali Act. And that was an eyebrow raiser. I was like, ooh, wait a second here. The UFC would have to really fight this one in court. And then I said, wait a second. If they're not going to fight it, what's their – what's those cons? The pros, obviously, how can they make money off this fight? And no more than a week later was when Dana White announced that, hey, Floyd Mayweather, we'll give you $25 million and we'll give Conor $25 million. 
And I'm like, if you're willing to give up $25 million to two fighters, even if you're calling their bluff, that you guys know that this fight is going to make is huge. And then Dana goes on Conan and says, yep, this fight's going to happen. Now, recently he said no guarantees, but then he's like, yep, this fight's going to happen, but there's a bunch of, you know, eagles involved and two fighters and their camps. And, you know, we find out from Frank Trigg last week that, you know, if, it, if it's going to be Mayweather that's going to call the shots, you know, it's going to be at the MGM Grand because that's where it is. And the UFC will probably want it in T-Mobile Arena. So there's so many things that need to be ironed out here. Um, Let's make that 5-2, Sean Pearson. Uh, Nikita Zaitsev making it 5-2 for the Leafs. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you're saying that the joke could be on us. I think this fight is just getting closer and closer to happening, man. It's just one of those situations where it's like I kept saying, nope, no chance, no chance, no chance. And the more I notice is these these pegs are falling into this little pattern here. You know what I'm saying? No, and I sometimes I feel the same way. Sometimes I feel like there's going to be egg in my face, but I don't mind there being egg in my face. For me, saying this isn't going to happen because it's a fight that I want to see. I just don't want to build myself up to this and start talking about it. And and then, you know, I'll, then I'll have egg on my face because it doesn't happen. It's just one of those things where I agree with you. There's so many pegs that have to still line up for this fight to happen that, you know, you just tell me how the UFC is getting paid on this. If the UFC is putting this fight on, it's happening. I just don't see Mayweather's ego letting that happen. So that's where I'm confused. I just need to know how is the UFC making their payday? And what is their exit strategy? Because you know that Connor's not coming back. There's no way the UFC can afford to pay Connor that much money for a boxing match and then say, oh, why don't you come back and defend your belt against uh, Jose Aldo? Oh, and by the way, that, that fight's going to draw this number, so this is what your paycheck is. I, I think that's a hard call. Unless, again, Connor gets his wish and gets equity in the company like he'd asked for. He won't get equity in the company. Completely doubt that's ever going to happen. No so chance. But how yeah. else do you pay Conor McGregor what he what he wants to get after a, a Mayweather fight? Yeah, good luck with that. No, you make an extremely valid point. Good luck with that. Also on that London card, uh, the co-main event, Gunnar Nelson taking on Alan Joben. Um, that one was just, I mean, Gunnar Nelson was was absolutely fantastic. I'm, I'm actually, I'm pleasantly surprised, I guess you could say that, you know, he had Joban basically out on his feet and could have knocked him out, but instead he went in for, you know, BJJ 101, he went in for a submission finish. I mean, your thoughts on that fight? I think Gunnar looked really good. Um, showed um, Allen's got a, a lot to work on. Um, big, strong dude, but he just skill-wise, he I thought he was outclassed a little bit. Um, Gunnar showed what Gunnar is. He's a ruthless killer, and he's very calm and collective, which is what his persona's been all along. Um, I still think he's got a little way to go because – this reminds me, his, his image reminds me of George a little bit. George was not loved right away in the UFC, although no one will remember that. Sorry, I'm very itchy. i got cat hair all over me. Um, <laughs> like George, To be the nice guy takes a while to get over, right? So George took a while, and then everybody became, I'm in love with George. You know, what an image. The you know perfect gentleman, blah, 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 blah. And Gunnar's image is similar, where it's just like that stone-cold, like stone-cold face, killer where he doesn't talk a lot he doesn't do a lot and he's got that dry sense of humor but if he keeps winning it'll go over on people like he's a likable guy but it's going to take longer to go over because he's not outspoken like a conor mcgregor or like a chael was like it's easy i've told everybody it's easy to become the bad guy really quick you mean you can go out and talk a lot of shit you get noticed people every reporter wants mic time with you because you're out there you know you're a sound bite um, these other guys, it just takes longer and you got to keep winning to get that image going. So he's got a lot of potential there and I like how he's just taking it slow, but, um, he had a couple road bumps and he showed that, you know, he's an athlete. He, he hit the, he hit a road bump and he's fixed it. You know what I mean? He's like, okay, I, I get it. I got some holes in my game. Let me try and fix these holes. It just goes back to the train wreck theory, right? People would rather see a train wreck than just see cars driving on a highway. Right, they want to see damage. They want to see craziness. They want people to talk trash. And you're right. You know, if you're if you're if you're, I remember Chael Sonnen, man. Chael Sonnen in that post fight press conference. I don't know if it was when he beat Yushin Okami. Uh, it just a switch went off, an absolute switch went off in Chael Sonnen. And um, I think I think I was the one who asked the question, or was or Kevin Ioli was next. I'm trying to remember who asked the question, but what am I looking at? Okay, you can go 
And it just, Chael Sonnen flipped a switch one day and said, I need to talk more. And we, the question was, because at the time he was scheduled, the, the winner of that fight was was scheduled to take on the winner of, uh, at the time was Vitor Belfort and Ander, Anderson Silva before they actually fought. This was way back when. And the question was asked, you know, you know, who do you think is going to win the fight or who do you want to fight? And the obvious answer is you want to fight the champion. And he basically said, I want the easy fight. I want Anderson Silva. And that's when people started realizing, what the heck's going on with Chael Sonnen here? And ever since that point there, people always want to put a mic in his face because you know he's going to absolutely go crazy with awesome sound bites. But you're not going to put that mic, like you said, you're not going to put that mic in, in Gunnar Nelson's face because you're not going to get a headline. You're not going to get quote-unquote clickbait. You're not going to get anything that's going to you know, draw emotion out of people, whereas people that are talking trash, as much as I hate Derek Lewis and what he did, or hate Derek Lewis, I hate what he did and what he said, um, you know, people are talking about it. Yeah, and the truth is people have already forgot about it. At the end of the day, you know what I mean? Like, that that's the nature of the beast. Like, you know, no publicity is bad publicity, right? He talks some shit, and I find a lot of these guys will say things they don't mean, but like you just said, if I can get some headlines out of it, get my name in the media, it's a positive. So, again, I'm not condoning what Derek Lewis said. I just mean I feel like most people have forgotten about it by the next fight. You know, we're talking about it, but, you know what I mean? I don't think a lot of people care. At the end of the day, you're watching fights. You know what I mean? That people don't necessarily need to like the fighter to appreciate the fighter, I guess is what I'm talking about. And if you don't like the fighter, you'll want to see him. Because how many people used to hate Conor McGregor? Hate him. This guy's too cocky. What an arrogant asshole. That's funny. You're tuning in to see him lose. You're just not losing. So eventually what happens is he keeps winning, he keeps winning, and people start saying it, it's not being arrogant. You're just telling it how it is. I mean, he's that confidence he has is well-deserved. And all of a sudden, I feel like his a lot of the haters became fans. You know, they love him now. What's the same with the Brock Lesnar theory? You either love Brock Lesnar, you hated Brock Lesnar, you want to see him lose, or you want to see him destroy human beings. 100%. I was of the, the first group. I wasn't a big fan. He was coming and taking pay-per-view slots. He was making massive money and stuff like that. Um, UFC 210 going down in Buffalo. Uh, it kind of makes time us on, all... Time on, time on. I wonder who you forgot about on that card. Who's that, that guy with the young kid? Um, Arnold Allen? Redhead. Yeah, had some red hair. He's going on with Paul Felder on uh, Twitter right now. Oh, who's that? He, he did the, the switch kick in the head. Little like uh, I don't want to call it Taekwondo, but he was it Marquis. Yeah, I think that was him. He had an exciting little fight. It was like one forty-five, I think. One or maybe one might have been fifty-five. But Paul Felder and him are are talking shit back and forth on uh, Twitter right now. I think you're right. Yeah, was it? Was it? He won by a knockout punch, thirty seconds. Yep, came back and overhand right, bam, sat the guy down. Oh, interesting. It was an exciting fight. The kid was doing a lot of spinning kicks, a lot of spin stuff. So the guy who was fighting decided, again, I, I apologize for not knowing everybody's names here. I was just watching the fight, and I watched the replay a bunch of times. But um, he's doing the spinning kicks, and the guy's like, okay, I got to counter this guy by getting close to him. Well, he faked going around. The guy rushed in, overhand right, dropped him. See ya. Great little fight. And then Paul Felder and him are talking shit to each other. And, again, Paul Felder's another guy that I'll watch fight anytime. He's got, like, that whole Cerrone-type style that – Yeah, he brings it, man. So that, that's an, I think that guy's biting off a little more than he can chew right now. But who knows? Like, both guys have talent, so it'll be interesting. Well, the, the, the opening bout of the broadcast, the main card, uh, Maquin Americani and Arnold Allen, was the one that I was kind of the most surprised about. That, that, not surprised. It was a fantastic fight. Uh, because most people were giving it all to, to Americani and Arnold Allen, uh, who most people don't know about, trains a TriStar, uh, you know, was getting no love from the people, from his own people in England, uh, and was like, yeah, I'm just keep going to Canada, keep keep training in, in Montreal, just come out and fighting and just go back to Canada and train. Uh, this kid at 145 pounds made some noise because, you know, Macron Americani was the one guy or one of the guys people were saying is going to be in the top five at 145 he got stopped hard, man. He got stopped hard. I'm also surprised that uh, we were talking, or many of us were talking last week about Joe Duffy uh, and Reza Madadi, and people were like, this thing's not going to go more than a round and a half, two rounds. Joe Duffy's going to destroy him. And I'm like, that doesn't always happen in fights. Uh, and this thing went the full distance. He bloodied up Madadi big time. But 
Um, a little surprised Joe Duffy wasn't able to finish him. But, it, I mean, it, this card here, although it didn't have name value, had some pretty damn good fights. No, I, I, I like the, the card, but the Arnold Allen fight, wasn't that the one that went to decision? It was a split decision. It was the opening bout of yeah. the broadcast, the main, okay. the main card. Okay, gotcha. Okay, I remember that one. So the fight that I was thinking of was Mark Diacasi. Yep, that's the one. Yep. Yeah, that was the that guy there. I thought he was an exciting little fighter. Like it was pretty solid. I don't know if that was one fifty five or one forty five, but that was an interesting. Again, thirty seconds of a fight, but I liked watching the thirty seconds. I watched it like six or seven times. Oh, 30 seconds. You can do that, right? I know. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we'll touch on 210 real quick. Uh, we're going to wrap up the show in about two minutes. Um, are you excited for this? Um, obviously, the light heavyweight fight, championship fight between Daniel Cormier and Anthony Rumble Johnson? Yeah, that's a really interesting fight. Well, it's not that it's an interesting fight. It's a, it's a dangerous fight. Like, anytime Rumble fights, it's one of those fights where, you know, it could be over the you know first minute, second minute, first 10 seconds. You can knock anybody in that weight class out, and it, it scares the shit out of me that I could have fought him at 170. Well, I would have been, <laughs> I, I would have been 170. He would have been 175 at weigh-ins, but um, just that's a scary, scary thought. Um, and then I remember Koscheck took it to him. Koscheck, I remember out wrestled him and beat him. But he's a he's a dangerous guy. And that was I, the card when you and Matt Riddle fought, wasn't it? No, no, different card. Different card. Because I remember watching it on TV, so that's why I know it was a different card. But um, yeah, I just I remember watching that going, "Holy fuck, this guy's huge!" <laughs> and uh, um, and Cormier, I just think he's one of the guys in, in MMA that I think is a solid role model. Again, and he might not be, but his image is like the way he talks and the way he goes about. It, I I like to see this guy win. I've said it before. I like the fact that he doesn't look like a bodybuilder. You know what I mean? He uses the tools he has, and he uses them to his advantage. You know, he's got the thick barrel belly. You know what I mean? Like, he, he's out there, and he's like, I don't care what I look like. I'm a tough motherfucker. I'm going to come out and fight. So it's an interesting one for me. For those fans that, that sometimes tune in uh, and they see the Daniel Cormier's and or, uh, I don't know, the Fedor's and or the guys that they call dad bods, they say, well, these these guys don't train for fights. They don't train for fights. I That's not the case, in my opinion. Uh, but why is that? Why do you think these guys... Uh, George told me it was genetics. George St. Pierre said, look, man, some guys have great genetics. Some guys don't have genetics. doesn't matter what you do. Uh, I mean, unless you dedicate your life strictly to, to weightlifting and fitness modeling and powerlifting, you're not going to get that, that ripped body uh, unless you have good genetics. I mean, your it's thoughts. All it's all genetics. Now, anybody can do it. Do you mean, again, you're not going to look like maybe George, but, um, you know, if you focus enough on diet and, like a bodybuilder, then you'll get the look you want or you'll get close to the look you want. But that means you're taking a lot of that dedication and time and I want to call it stress onto diet and how you look rather than how you, how you perform. Cause looking, looking the right part doesn't mean you're going to perform the right part. Um, I didn't sound too, I don't know the way I said that sounded terrible. Makes sense. Still makes sense. Like, do I want to focus on looking good for everybody? One part of me says yes, but I'm going to tell you what, I don't care how jacked you are. When your hand's not raised at the end of the fight, you don't look that good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if my hand's not raised and the guy with the dad bod's hand is raised, he looks better than I do. Everybody else is looking at how jacked you are. You look great at wins, but you look shitty after the fight. So to me, you got to concentrate on winning first. And here's the other thing. Genetics, I, you know, I said oh, what's good genetics or great genetics or shitty genetics. Who's to say that one look is better than the other? Now, I know that the, the, the norm here, but I'm not trying to get into that, but who's to say for, for this sport, who's to say that looking like – we use George. So looking like George is better than looking like Cormier for, for fighting. You mean for, for bodybuilding, for other sports, maybe it is, but one genetic – why is one genetic better than the other? It's how you use that genetic base you have, right? The, the thick hips of Cormier and the, the big – I'm going to say ass. You know what I mean? is effective in a lot of things, right? So I don't know why one genetic is better than the other. It's just how you use your, your genetics. I mean, one set of genetics is better for bodybuilding, but it's not necessarily better for fighting. Yeah, it's it's been, it's always been an argument that I sort of laugh at. And I'm like, I've said it before. I don't care what the guy looks like. Is he winning? You know, oh, Fader looks like an old guy. Dude's destroying people at the time. Like, just shut up. 
If he gets in your guard, he's going to knock your yeah, head off. Like, who's that guy Thompson? Who's that? Remember the guy who had the broken ear? Who was that guy's name? He looked like a, an absolute truck. He was all sauced up in Bellator. Um, English guy. I thought his name was Thompson. He had an ear that almost came oh, off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. James Thompson. He was all around Jack that guy was. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it's irrelevant. You've seen bodybuilders in there. They, it's got nothing to do with fighting. Um, being athletic is all you need. You know what I mean? I don't care what kind of physique you have. If you're athletic, you're, you're good to go. Well, you're going to be an athlete uh, in about 30 seconds because uh, we're going to let you go get get to the gym. Uh, Leafs did win, Sean. 5-2. Uh, more points. They may have dropped ahead of Boston. What's that? How many points did Matthews get? Any? Uh, I think he got one earlier. I'm not too sure. I'll have to double check that. Uh, but uh, we're getting closer to playoffs, my friend. Before we let you go, what's, uh, what's going on with you over the next uh, six or seven days before we see you again? My kids in the finals for the York Simcoe playoffs, so it's hockey, Ooh. hockey, hockey. That's it, buddy. That's what my life's come down to. You know, I live through my kids. You know, it's the good and the bad, right? It's uh, it's one of those things you complain about every day. Oh, I got hockey, I got hockey, but no, I think we may have lost Sean Pearson right there, ladies and gentlemen. Keep an eye on the bottom. Of my oh, there he is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what happened? Garbage. You're. Your internet connection is losing me. No, my connection is fine. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. It's not mine. You sure it's your cat not chewing on any of those wires or anything? Listen, everything I do is perfect, Mr. Perfect. <laughs> Here we go. You're going to start spitting out some gum and tossing it over with the <laughs> other hand? That's it. Bam! All right, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, make sure you follow Sean Pearson online via social media, at Sean Pearson. Uh, you can follow yours truly, Joe Ferraro, at Showdown Joe. And, of course, uh, follow at Fightful MMA. Make sure for all your mixed martial arts news, you do check out FightfulMMA.com. We update that site all day, every single day. Uh, some great content there, great opinion pieces, great news uh, all the time. And, of course, uh, we love and enjoy the fact that you guys do join in live when we do these podcasts. Of course, you can check it out uh, on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, and to those that are tuning in then, we thank you very much. Don't forget, tomorrow, 12.30 p.m. Eastern, Frank Twinkletoes Trig. We know Sean goes off. Uh, we know Frank Trig goes off. So uh, it could be an interesting, uh, what is it, almost 12, 13, maybe 14 hours before I'm back live again, this time with Trig, who's all the way over in Hawaii. Poor guy has to do it at 6.30 a.m., but he's got no problem doing it. So it's all good. Sean, any final words before we say goodbye? No, but I'm picking your nose with my mouse pointer right now. <laughs> it's pretty amusing. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Sean Pearson. My name is Joe Farrell. Follow me online at Showdown Joe. Follow Sean at Sean Pearson. Uh, we thank you once again for tuning in. Till tomorrow, we say ciao for now. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.